0: Hey everybody, happy Thursday and welcome back to We Need to Talk About This Podcast. Y'all, it is Thursday the 26th, okay? And if you know me, I love Thursdays. It's my favorite day of the week. And number 26 is just my number, you know? That's my special number. So I knew I wanted to do something special for the 26th. Um, This podcast has been such an incredible journey. I have enjoyed it so much, and I do want to address my apologies for missing a Thursday. I missed um, last week. I was actually on vacation, and it was my intention to work ahead, but, you know, unfortunately, the circumstances did not allow for that to all be done in time, and I really needed a break, so, and it wasn't just a break from the podcast, but In general, um, there's just been a lot going on. So please pray for me. There's a few things that need to happen before a huge transition in my life. So I'm looking forward to that. But of course, you got to put in the work now, which does take a lot out of you. But I had an amazing break. I went to California. I got 10. Okay, I saw San Francisco. I saw Oakland. I saw Sacramento. I saw Marietta and a little bit of LA as well. And I just saw friends and family, of course, everything safe (laughs) with a mask on and um, limited my contacts over there as well. Um, I am actually currently quarantining. I'm fully vaccinated, but I'm still quarantining that 14 days after traveling just to be extra safe. So today's episode is gonna be a little different. Um, I'm really excited about it. I've been planning it. I'm like, how should this look? Because there's a guest we haven't really heard from. There's somebody we don't really know their perspective. You understand what I'm saying? There's somebody who still needs to be interviewed before this season can really be complete. So of course we will do part two of that last episode that y'all heard with the anonymous guest. (laughs) It wasn't She's So Crazy. Anyway, we're going to do part two, but for now, on this Thursday, the 26th, let's play the intro and then we will get to our very special guest. Welcome to We Need to Talk About This podcast. I'm your host, Queen Zania, aka Zen. No matter how you found this podcast, I'm so glad you did. We can all learn so much from each other, and it's an honor to be invited into the inner world of another person. So, listeners, I welcome you to engage with the content. The two requirements to be on this show is to have an interest and be an interesting person. If you have an interest you'd like to share on the platform, further questions, or any other comments, head over to needtotalkpod at gmail.com. That's N-E-E-D, the number two, T-A-L-K-P-O-D at gmail.com. To my friends, family, and internet homies listening in, thank you so much for tuning in. You could have been listening to anything, but I'm so glad you're here with me. Now let's get into the show. As you heard with the the title, as you heard that little intro, I want to welcome this guest. Now this guest has been an integral part of this podcast. This guest came up with the podcast title, made the podcast artwork, is my editor, is the one who scheduled all of the you know, Zooms with the guests. This person is underrated to themselves, most of all. Um, but I, I just really want to give this person a platform without getting a little too Kanye West with it or Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Welcome Queens and All right, guys. So there's a lot that I want to talk about and just reflect on. Um, as I've been doing the podcast I kind of want to talk about the themes of learning not being afraid to be seen trying which is um, a concept that I first heard from Evelyn from the Internets, Evelyn of the internet on YouTube um, and I want to talk about inspiration I want to talk about you know becoming the person that you always wanted to be as well like all of that I'll talk about that first actually like as a kid I always had this picture of like who I wanted to be at these like key ages you know like 13 um I was like okay when I'm 13 I'm gonna be so cool I'm gonna have this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this like I'm just gonna live my best life I'm gonna be in high school um and I did fulfill that vision like I was just myself I just had fun um you know I had my little outfits (laughs) and I had glasses and braces but I'm like I'm gonna make it work like and I did you know I would always choose like a different color for the what's it called you know what I'm talking about right the little band that goes around it I would always pick a different color with a theme um high school as well like somebody I look up to she said make sure that when you're in high school do everything that you want to do all the activities like join this club, do this sport, even if none of your friends are in it, just go for it. And I did that. And I made those memories and it was worth it. You know, I always had this vision as well at 16, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it wasn't things like specific, like I am going to dress like this exactly, or I am going to accomplish this goal. But it's just like in general, I saw I guess almost prophetically like I just saw myself you know with my friends living my best life and I have really done that by God's grace I've been able to reach each milestone and make it count and it has not been easy but it's been worth it you know there's a time where I was growing up and I felt like no one could relate to me um I was always a big dreamer. And I grew up in like smaller towns and I grew up in predominantly white towns. So (laughs) like, and I wasn't really on the internet like that because the internet was not what it is now. So as a kid, I didn't really see anyone who was what I wanted to be. So I really had to picture that myself and use my imagination. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, (laughs) I think that put me in the best place. So I didn't compare myself to anyone else's journey. Um, I just was like, okay, I'm gonna do the best that I can do. Um, And yeah, so I I used to read books a lot as a kid. Like I would come home from the library every week with like, (laughs) or every two weeks, three weeks with like 12 different books. And I know it sounds like a lot, 12 books. It was not these tiny little thin chapter books. No, these were novels. Like (laughs) these were books, you know? (laughs) Like these were books. I would come back and I would like read them. Um, I would learn from different authors, different perspectives. These are fiction books, of course, young adult fiction for children and stuff for teens. And so I would read these books. I read. You know, different eras as well, like I read books that were written from the 50s, um, books that were written that very year, books from 2005, books from authors that you may recognize, books from authors that you may never have heard of. I don't even remember all of them and the storylines, but it really encouraged me to dream big. And of course, these writers would all write about characters who are writers, (laughs) because like as an author, all your characters really actually reflect an element of yourself, whether or not you choose to admit it, especially main characters, they all reflect an element of yourself. So all of these writers would write about writers. (laughs) And so I was like, you know what, there would be times I'd be reading the book, I'm like, I don't like how this ended. But I was like, you know what, if I want to be so critical let me go ahead and write my own book so I saw myself as a writer even at a young age as early as um i would say 10 that's when I actually started writing my first short story which was like 15 pages and had no point and I would <laughs> illustrate the little cartoons um below it as well and my dad would read it he's like oh you're gonna write write some more write some more Uh, And the story had no point like I just wrote it as I went and it was about this little dog named Daisy (laughs) and her little adventures. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the point was. I didn't have a plan for it. I was like I'm just gonna write whatever I feel like and I don't know if I still have it. It's probably in my childhood bedroom but yeah that's what I did. Um, When I was seven I was actually talking about this with my cousins. When I was six or seven, my cousin Lucy got married. I think she was like, yeah, we went to her wedding. This was in 2006 or seven. And at six or seven years old, like I was with my cousins, Tundi and Lulu and with my little brother, Wakiwa. And we just like, we're all together. I think we just like, we just had so much energy. We had so much fun. I was like, you know what? I feel like we could start a singing group. Now, mind you, I had no awareness of the Jackson Five, even though my parents, especially my dad in particular, listened to the Jackson Five growing up. I had no concept of that. I didn't know about the Clark sisters. I I didn't know about the Braxton's. I didn't know about any of these family groups, but I was like, hey, this is something we gotta do. I didn't know about Cece Winans and her sisters, like nothing, I just was like, okay, me and my cousins, we got to start a group. Like, (laughs) I didn't even know about Destiny's Child, nothing. I was six and seven years old, you know? And so me and, well, I guess to be honest, I was the oldest. Hey, let me give myself credit. I did write the song, came up with the song. Um, (laughs) I encouraged them, I'm like, hey guys, help me come up with like the the lyrics for the verses. And you know, they kind of helped a little bit, but, I would say that I guided a lot of it. And so we came up with this song. We came up with two, actually. Well, I think every cousin reunion after that, we would like come up with another song. We would perform it for the parents, right? And uh, (laughs) one of the first ones, what was it? It was not that one that I'm thinking of. Uh, Oh, here we go. And I remember I was writing this in the car, like in my mind, didn't have pen and paper. And I got car sick easy, so I wasn't physically writing. but. In my mind, I was like writing this song, I'm like writing this song. If you could see me, I'm bopping. I'm like, uh, okay, uh, uh, America, uh, uh, America. I'm like, okay. And then there's the other song, I'm gonna sing the rest of that one, but (laughs) there's another one that I did. Um, And I asked, I remember asking my dad, I was like, dad, like does grammar count? Cause I was really smart in school, right? You know, I, I did my phonics, I did my English class, like all of that spelling. Those are my, you know, those are my classes. You understand, like, I would do well, because I read a lot. So I understood how grammar went at a very young age. I grasped that concept. Um, so I asked my dad, I was like, so in music, like, does, do we have to, like, stay with the normal grammar? Like, I don't, I didn't ask it like that, maybe, but I was like, does grammar count when you're writing music? And dad's like, no, with music, you just say how you feel. You just say what you need to say. You know, the grammar is secondary. You can play around with it. It's art, right? So I was like, okay. It don't matter, baby. It don't care. My cousins are singing. I know if y'all hear this. What your face look like or your hair because I love you just the way you are. Yes. It don't matter, baby. It don't care. What your face look like, or your hair, because I love you just the way you are. Guys, that song still slaps. Let's not lie, seven years old. Ha, what were my influences? I don't know. But I wrote that song and I was like, okay guys, we're gonna learn this. Say, it don't matter, baby, it don't care. And then we learned it all together and we performed it. I remember, I can see it in my mind where we were. I don't think the parents took a video of it because at that time, camera phones were not a thing. Um, yeah. So I think maybe it was on the camcorder, but then again, maybe not. I don't even think the parents knew what they were getting into. This like, oh, okay. You guys, yes, nice. <laughs> so I don't think there's any recordings of that, but I remember it. It's all up here in my mind. Um, the second song, right? That second reunion the year later. Uh, I think maybe we were on our way to Texas. Maybe. Yeah, that might have been the same year. Yeah, we were driving from um, Minneapolis or Minnesota to Texas. Um, I believe it was maybe Gainesville or I don't know. It was a small town in Texas, though, um, to visit our cousins. (laughs) And uh, that's when we were driving, right? And then it was just us and the dads, the cousins and the dads. So at this time, my little cousin, Zah, was not born. No, she wasn't born yet. Um, But my aunt was very pregnant with her. This was like around December 2007 or early January 2008 or so. I don't remember. Um, But yeah, anyway, we were on our way to Texas. And it was a long drive. So it was me and my cousin, Tundi, driving with my dad. And it was the younger two driving with um, my uncle. It was Wakua and Lulu driving with my uncle. So I don't know why we took four cars, two cars, but anyway, that's what we did. Um, And I remember I taught them a little bit. I was like, okay guys, we gotta make up a song. Uh, uh, America, uh, uh, America. And I'm like, come up with verses guys, like so that we can add and someone do the bridge. I was doing music courses, for context, like I did piano. Um, I've been doing music since I was two because my parents just had this vision. They're just like, yes. <laughs> so I remember at two years old playing the cascanet, you know, that little, I don't know if you guys know what that is. The cascanet, that little, um, it looks like a little clown. And it like, I wish you could really see my hands right now, like trying to make the, the shape of what it is. But <laughs> it's like a little clown. And it's kind of like a percussion instrument, I would say, like, you know, you clap. It's a clapping instrument, right? So I remember that. I used to also do piano, um, I think, since age six. So I had a concept of writing songs because actually, sorry, it's coming back to me now. Um, (laughs) I was in Music for Young Children, that program. So every year they would have us write a song and submit it just for this little competition. Um, and if they really liked it, I don't know, he'll give you a, a deal. I don't, know, I don't know what the prize was for that. I never won anything with it or knew anyone who won, but I would always participate and write a new song with it. So I had a concept of songwriting at that age. And um, so, yeah, I encouraged them. I'm like, yeah. And my siblings did too, right? My, cu- my brother and my cousins, what well, I'm referring to as my siblings, they did music as well. So I was like, guys, we got to write this. We got to write this song, come up with lyrics, just be inspired as we're driving through America. Just like, you know, just just try to get inspiration as we're, as we're driving. I remember that trip, guys. I think 07, right? When did Umbrella by um, uh, Rihanna come out? Rihanna. Because that song was on repeat, every remix. Umbrella, Ella, you can be my Cinderella, Ella, Ella, eh, eh, eh. That one, the one with Chris Brown, with Cinderella, where he says Cinderella, that remix was on it. Jay-Z's version was on it. Her solo version is on it. And we were just playing that song on repeat. Like Rihanna, low-key, you owe some of that money to us on that car ride you know because <laughs> we definitely had that song on repeat we also had sean kingston damn all these beautiful girls they only wanna do your dirt they'll have you suicidal suicidal when you say it's over oh my gosh had a scene it was back in 99 we were born in 2000 what were we talking about <laughs> we were born 2000, 2001, 2002, 2004. Why were we singing? It was back in 99, watch it. <laughs> I don't know, but we had fun. We were listening to that song too, on repeat. Yo, I feel like there's another song that was on repeat at that time. Uh, was Neo and Carrie Hilson, Knock You Down? When did that come out? Because that song, there's another trip that we had that song on repeat. Yeah, 2009. Okay, yes, it was around that time, yes. Are you serious, Knock You Down is that old? Oh my gosh, are you serious? Are you serious? Well, anyway, that might've been 2009 then. Yeah, well, anyway, are you serious that song is that old? Oh, well, anyway, that song was on repeat. We had no business listening to these songs, but our dads were like, hey, they're kids, they don't know what they're singing. (laughs) Like, and the moms were not there. Like, the songs are not bad, but you know, as an adult, you just like listen to music differently. Um, But yeah, we were, (laughs) had us singing, Damaldi, I thought the word was Damaldi. I was like, what is Damaldi? But I guess I'll know later on when I'm older. Didn't know what we were singing, but we were having fun. I was like, "Guys, take inspiration as you're driving through America, so we can come up with this song." But anyway, I ended up coming up with all the lyrics. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we came up with that. We would sing together. We had fun. Uh, we would annoy our cousin Jordan, uh, <laughs> but no, it was good times, and all of that really built. My character. I always saw myself as I'm going to do something. But again, growing up in a small town, um, I had friends. I had friends who loved me. I had friends who would play. Let's pretend with me. We would play different imaginary games. But still, and we would all use our imagination, right? But still, like nobody really could relate to me in what I wanted to do in life. I knew I. I knew I was going to be famous. Like I still know that. Like <laughs> I know it sounds childish, but. I always knew, like, I know I'm going to be famous. I know I'm being prepared for something bigger because of even how people would react to me and the responsibility I had and the influence I had, even at a young age. Like, I didn't do anything to be influential. Like, people would just follow me. And I guess that's part of being a firstborn, but people would just listen to me. People would just pay attention, would take me seriously. And I appreciate... Um, all of the validation I got and respect I got from older people, like my parents and um, even their friends who are kind to me, and even like, you know, older kids at church, them treating me with respect really built up my own confidence that like, I don't have to play myself small. I'm not just a kid, quote unquote, you know, Um, my ideas matter too. There are people to this day who I told them I was going to be a writer. And to this day, they're still asking, girl, where is that book? Like, we will pay you to write this book. Where is that book? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, what book? Because I gave up on that a long time ago. You know, I'm in psychology now. Not that I can't still write a book, but they're like, sis, we are rooting for you. We need this book. We will literally pay you to write this book. And I'm like, hey, I don't know if that's my calling anymore, but that's the support I had. People who wanted it for me, even when I stopped wanting it for myself. And I encourage you guys like to be that person as well in people's lives who do encourage them, who do take kids seriously. Like you don't know the power that is in that. Like there are bad relationships I never entered because I knew what respect felt like thanks to my community okay? There are bad friendships that I walked away from with confidence. There are people who tried to use their age difference, aka four years, who tried to make me feel small, but I knew I have people double my age who respect me, so I didn't take disrespect from them. You understand what I'm saying? I think we need to respect children, take them seriously, because they're worth taking seriously. And if you take them seriously as a child and you respect their ideas and you're listening to them with empathy as you would to an adult or a friend, uh, then that carries with them, you know, throughout their life. Like the people who I know who are the most confident were taken seriously as children. And some of it, you know, may have come with some pressure or like being forced to grow up a little bit too fast. But for the most part, I would say that they're okay. You know, we all bounce back because we have people who love us. And I encourage everybody to be that support system. Even if you never had it, be that support system for somebody or any children in your life, you know? Look out for them, all of that. Support them, encourage their dreams. You know, don't laugh at them. That really is part of it. Because sometimes we're like, oh, we're being supportive, but you're laughing and the kid doesn't know if you're laughing at them or with them. So don't do that, right? Just take them seriously, say yes. And what do you wanna do with that? Keep asking them questions and say, yes, you can even do this. You can, you know, just believe in them. Don't pressure them and then be like, you said you were gonna release an album. How come it's not out yet? It's like, I'm 10 years old, <laughs> like, but you know, encourage them be like, oh, what song did you come up with today? You know, stuff like that. Encourage them in that way. That was so valuable. So. Yeah, there was that. And again, going back to that thing where I said I always had a vision of like what I want to be. When I was 20, oh, I was also, let me, I'll come back to that, being 21. I'll come back. Um and I understand this is a lot like an interview. And you know, I'm talking a lot about myself. I'm actually unpacking, you know, why I came up with a podcast which is something I wanted to do that involves other people, right? And I love listening to other people. There's so much value in that. I love how the podcast has gone. Every episode has taught me something. It's been beautiful, you know, but even as a kid, I would always try to start groups with my friends. You know, I'll come back to that thing I said about 21 and that thing I was going to say about painting and being an artist. But for now, I'm going to talk about groups since I spoke about the singing group with my, you know, my cousins and my brother. I will, even with my friends, uh, we came up with this group. We called ourselves Girls of God. <laughs> this was in 2010, 2011. Well, 2011, after I came back from South Africa um, for the last time in eight years. You know, at that time, 2010. Um, I was with my cousins. They told me about this group called Girls of God. Um, <laughs> again, this is like before you could Google stuff. So uh, I didn't Google the group, but I was like, oh, let me do that with my friends, Girls of God Canada. So, me and my friends um, at that time, you know, we were different ages as well. Um, I wasn't the oldest. I was like, actually, no, I was second oldest. There were five of us now, second oldest. I won't say the names <laughs> because I'm not, but I'm still friends with um, Logan and Rumbi and Ropa to this day, um, you know, those two are my little sisters and then Logan's like my twin. So we had this little group and we would sing and I was very shy for context. Oh, this is also important. Yo, this, <laughs> hey, I'm just seeing things connect. I always hated the sound of my own voice. Because guys, keep in mind, my voice has always sounded like this, as it is now, deep as it is, yes. Since age two, my voice has always sounded like this. And there was a lot of just dysmorphia, I guess, gender dysphoria, dysmorph. I don't know what you call it, maybe I should look that up, but I always felt like all the girls have higher voices than me. Even the boys have higher voices than me. I'm two years old. <laughs> I'm like, why does my voice sound like that? Like I would hear it on the playback of the camcorder and I would be like, oh my gosh, I hate it. At two years old, you know? And from then on, I just hated the sound of my voice. So even when we would be in, in singing groups, I wanted other people to sing louder so I couldn't hear my own voice, you know? And I was always in alto. So, you know, I did learn how to master you know, the alto voice, but I was always like, I can't be a singer unless I'm soprano. So I'd always need to be in a group. So that's why I had so many groups coming, growing up, even though I would be the ones coming up with the idea. I would be the one saying, guys, let's practice. I would be the one saying, guys, let's sing. But really, I just wanted to do it for myself, but I didn't feel confident um, in my own voice that I could. right? I didn't feel like anyone would want to listen to me alone. And that's why I talked about that with the podcast. Of like, I came up with, okay, I wanna talk about things that we need to talk about, like things that are underrated. We don't talk about this enough. And I have so many. I have a plethora of ideas in my own head of like, oh my gosh, like we don't talk about this enough. We don't talk about that. And I do have a YouTube channel, which is solo, but for some reason, even with one. 0.3K to this day, subscribers, thank you to everyone supporting me on there. Um, I still felt like no one would listen to me. No one would want to listen to me, right? And again, it's that whole thing of not trusting your own voice. Granted in high school, um, I still had a deeper voice than all the boys. To this day, I still have a deeper voice than uh, some men that I meet. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to them because voices are not gendered. We can have any type of voice. But it's interesting. I'm gonna come back to high school. It's interesting that like that like I was watching these femininity videos and they're like, how to sound more feminine. I'm like, oh, oh, let's hear. What what do you all got to say? Let's hear it. Like what is it? What? How do we sound more feminine? I played it and they're like, yeah, actually having a deeper voice. I'm like, come on. Oh, now y'all are on this bandwagon. Now y'all with me. Now it's cool to have a deep voice. Oh, okay. Okay, (laughs) I was like, all right, I see. Uh, So I guess I've grown into my voice or people have grown to appreciate deeper voices. We now see or hear singers with deeper registers as well. We hear Beyonce tapping into her lower register. She's always been a mezzo soprano, but we now hear her tapping into that. Uh, Chloe from Chloe and Halle with her deeper voice as well tapping into that register. Um, Etta James I could always sing Etta James's songs in vocal lessons because her key that's my my kindred sister I think have I said this before me and Etta James have the same birthday I'm pretty sure but anyway January 25 okay I'm January 26 yeah Etta James is my sister okay or my mom I don't know like that's, <laughs> she has a deep voice as well. And as I grew up, I listened to uh, more singers than what's on the radio. You know, these pop girls all have these high pitch voices, and they sing like. This. And that was never me. So I really listened to more R and B, more soul. Even Mahalia Jackson have these beautiful deep voices, yet they still have range. So that was just such an inspiration to me, um, and. Again, in high school, I moved to a bigger school. And, you know, that's when people's voices are changing. Yes, even girls' voices change too. Um, And yeah, there were some girls with deeper voices. Shout out to Michaela, shout out to Brooke. Both of them girls are married now, hey? Isn't that crazy? But yeah, they both have deeper voices. And I was like, oh, this is normal. And then again, when I went to South Africa um, when I was 19, I met my cousins, uh, my extended cousins, and Pluma has a deeper voice. Uh, Lilita has a deeper I'm like, okay, so if I grew up where I was born at, South Africa, I would actually be raised around people whose voices sound like mine, and I would actually feel normal. Okay. But anyway, I went on a journey. I loved my own voice, you know, um, in high school, because I'm like, this is normal. There's nothing wrong with how my voice sounds. Fast forward to now, even in California, case in point, um, I was just like, you know, we were at the house, (laughs) it was a wedding, right? So the Sabbath before the wedding, the day before the wedding was a Sabbath and um, it was just a potluck with friends and family. Masks were on, okay, masks were on. Uh, It was not a potluck. So all the food was coming from one place and, I was just, you know, talking to someone who was in line behind me and she's like, this is really random, but I love your voice. I'm like, thank you. And I was just like, so heartwarmed by that. And people have said that before, even on YouTube, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I've never brought it up like, oh, like I'm insecure about my voice. It's not like a pity thing where people like, oh no girl, your voice is fine. Like, no, like this has always just been a silent insecurity of mine. Uh, when I was a child you know so to hear that validation of like people saying they love my voice now I'm like that is incredible you know like see how things can change so I want to say to any kids if any kids are listening or anyone whose inner child is still affected like the insecurity you have now people may love later on People may even love now, but silently just like appreciate it. Because sometimes people don't always speak every compliment that's in their mind, right? There's so many people who I pass by and I'm like, oh, wow, I love their outfit. Or, oh my gosh, this person's so cool. And sometimes I don't say anything, you know? So just keep in mind, there are people out there who also are watching you and appreciate you, um, who may not say anything. That's an encouragement, though, for those of us who do appreciate people, compliment people, man, like you never know, you literally never know how that will affect them. And yeah, there were people who commented on my voice growing up, but they would always kind of comment like it was a spectacle. And I know there was someone who said that they stopped liking me because I had a deep voice. So it would be things like that and things like people saying, oh, your voice is so deep. Like, that's not a compliment. They didn't say, I love your voice. They didn't say you have a nice, deep voice. They would just comment on how it was. But it took me going through my own self-acceptance journey and recognizing that there's nothing wrong with what I am. There's nothing wrong with how my voice sounds you know, and it doesn't mean I'm a boy, I'm still a girl, you know, that's what I identify as, as a woman, and yeah, so, you know, it took that and that self-acceptance to where people would still make comments that wouldn't affect me, <laughs> I was like, well, I still have a deeper voice than you, so what, <laughs> I'm the dominant one, you know, dogs only listen to people with deeper voices, that's why, like, typically, they'll only obey, like, the men in the family, because, If people have a high-pitched voice, like, sit, do this. You sound like them, barking. (laughs) They're going to look at you like, uh, anyway, child. (laughs) But if you have a deeper voice, they listen to you. Because it's like that, whoo, you know what I mean? It's like that little, that bass in in the dog's voices when they growl and when they bark that commands respect and attention. Of course, not saying that if your voice is high that you don't deserve respect. That's not true. But I'm saying I learned to recognize what was cool about being different. And um, yeah, so things come full circle. But anyway, unpacking why I was afraid to do things alone. I felt like no one would take me seriously. No one would want to listen. And that has been disproved. Um, As I was in California again, one of my cousins, uh, Magus, who also has a The podcast, definitely go check it out. I will be promoting on all my social media. Um, It's called Magus Monday Talks. That's M-A-G-U-S and then Monday, M-O-N-D-A-Y Talks, T-A-L-K-S. Again, his brainchild. It's named after him. It's his podcast, but he's on it with a group of people. And he's like me, he, he and I are literally twins. I know he calls everybody twin, but I'm like, that's my twin for real. Like, to be honest, coming up in our life, like our, our destinies are connected. Our purpose are connected. We're going to work together a lot. Um, He's also like an introvert. You know, he's also um, a great, brilliant person. You know, he is incredible. A jack of all trades, Renaissance man. He is very talented, very smart he picks up things quickly, you know, um, and he's very interesting to listen to, he's <laughs> hilarious, on this California trip, he's like, randomly, we're at the, at the table with the cousins, uh, with the extended cousins and stuff, and he was just like, so I say extended cousins, because they're not my first cousins, right, like their third cousins, second cousins, the great-great-grandparents were related, but our families are still technically cousins, you know what I mean, so, so yeah, uh, he was like, Have you ever wondered why or how they create more seedless oranges if they don't have seeds? You know, so we're like, oh my gosh, yeah. How do they make more seedless oranges? Because how would they plant it? And he's just like, he was quiet (laughs) and let us just ponder that. And he's like, because they harvest them before the seeds get big so that's how they make them, so there's still oranges with seeds, but they just harvest, but it was just the way that he thinks, I'm like, I know you got more treasure in there, you know, you got more treasure in that, in that thought box of yours, you know, but anyway, just like unpacking, um, I told him I did a podcast, he's like, oh my gosh, me too, what's the name of your podcast, and even the girl who said she loves my voice, um, my friend was like, yeah, she has a podcast, so I'm like, okay. And then she's like, Oh, really? What's the name of your podcast? Um, so people were like asking about the podcast and I explained it and they're like, Oh, and my cousin Megan said this too. Okay. So it's not just you on there. You do interviews. I'm like, yeah, I guess. And I've been questioning, like, there's nothing wrong with interviews. I love the podcast. There are friends that I have who have said that, like, they have started listening to people more, you know, listening to people talk about their interests, talk about things that they love and appreciate, listening to people just go off about their passions, even if you don't care about the passion, but just listening to someone talk about something they care about, there's just something about that, you know? So there are people who have appreciated the platform and the podcast and thank you to all of you. And there are people who have started doing that in their lives more intentionally. So that's awesome. But yeah, it was always just like, why did I feel like I couldn't do this alone? And again, I've loved working with people. I would not have it any other way. But I know that it also stemmed from a place of feeling like no one would listen to just me. And yo, that's not true. (laughs) That's not true. Literally a lie from the enemy. That's not true. I'm not saying I'm gonna make the podcast just me. I may have guests um, in the future, I definitely plan to, but I also plan to integrate more of just me sharing different things that I think we should talk about, you know, but again, this is a seasonal podcast. So after this episode, there's going to be one more, that part two, I'm going to post that part two, and that's the finale of this season. So in the future moving forward I really see myself doing some more solo um, work on this podcast and y'all can let me know what you think Um, give me your feedback and I'll check the analytics as well but yeah it's just like I think this has really taught me that people do care to listen you know in the same way that I care to listen to other people there are people who care to listen to me going back to what I was saying about being a kid and being an artist. I also always loved drawing, painting. Um, I went to a Montessori, that's my earliest memory of painting where we just like for Easter, we would paint these little boiled eggs <laughs> and we would just paint even in class. I remember I was like, oh, let me mix every color and see what color we come up with. And then it came up with brown and I was like, what? I thought it would come up with rainbow. Like I I remember being so disappointed, but it was a beautiful shade of brown too. I was like, what? I thought it was gonna be rainbow. (laughs) Like, yeah, we we would learn about the primary colors and everything. So we learned early on about, I learned early on about coloring and painting and I enjoyed it, excuse me. I could do it for hours, right? Even at that age. so I always envision myself as an artist as well. But I grew up in an agricultural city. Like who's doing art? Like we're farming, you know what I mean? Like we got John Deere, <laughs> we got the canola fields. We got, I mean, Saskatchewan has beautiful sunsets and sunrises, but not many people seem to be awake to witness them um, or even pay attention to them. But, you know, I think that has changed with the rise of instagram and back when people used to really take pictures of sunsets i think that's when people started paying more attention especially in my age group but yeah um it would be just me picking up on these little things and appreciating the art and you know being an artist and i always felt like oh my gosh like i need to do something with this i love art i just need people who appreciate this as well and none of my friends were artists in the same way um you know, so it was just really unfulfilled in my life, but I knew, I'm like, this has to be something, like, I just want to have one day have friends who are artists, I want to have friends who read books with me, I want to have friends, we share, like, what we've read, <laughs> we talk about different ideas, we share our art, we go to each other's art shows, like, I just had this vision of, like, I want to have friends who have my interests. Like that's gonna feel so fulfilling. So I would write books um, and stories about, um, (laughs) oh, okay, this one's never gonna come out because I don't know, it may not, maybe it will in the future, but this girl named America and she's African-American, AKA black. And she goes to this art school. I would write these characters. It's so funny because one of her friends was named, Alexis, Lexi for short. Another one was named um, I don't know Catherine or something, and Cat for short. And then another of the friends. Yeah, and I remember I was like, I want the friends to be diverse. I think Lexi was Asian. Um, I think Cat was was maybe white. I don't remember. And then she, the black girl, had another friend who was from South Africa. Because I'm like, okay, like the black characters need black friends as well, you know, like. It's so powerful to have friends who look like you growing up, even if you don't grow up in a predominantly Black neighborhood or predominantly African or Caribbean, wherever your culture is. Even just having that one or two other Black friends in a group of people who don't look like you is so powerful. So I'm like, okay, this is what I want for her. She's going to go to an art school where other people also like art and do art and have their own talents. and it's gonna be about like how she feels that like she has to prove herself. I think she was an actress as well. I don't know, but I just would write my heart out with things like that. I loved and gravitated towards Victorious and um, Ant Farm and other shows like even Shake It Up. Shows about kids who were artists and creative and had friends who were also artists and creative at that their same age. You know, I gravitated towards that because I wanted that. And after I moved to university, I moved to Victoria for writing, because it has the best writing program. NYU was my first choice, but I couldn't do the SATs in time. Um, And it's a long story. But, you know, Victoria was the one that opened because it has the best writing program in Canada. So I experienced being around other artists. And I actually some would say manifested, but I would say prophesied and saw it come to pass. I had that same group of friends in second year. Okay. We lived in the same dorm. We were on the same floor and the floor was split in half. Like each floor was split in half by the bathrooms. And on my half, the half that I was on, there was a girl who was from China who grew up in, in Canada. So she's Canadian, but born in China, Named Lex, shout out to Lex. There was a girl who was born in Britain, but again, she's raised in Canada. You know, for most of her life. Um, named Cat. <laughs> the names were Alexis and Catherine. But the same friends that I had written about in that book that never came out, I met. There was another girl named. Um, what's her name? Larissa, okay, on our floor, and she was First Nation, she's indigenous, and she was older than us, but like, still, we all read books, we all loved books, we would like share and like have little tea times at night after classes, just drinking tea and talking about books, catching up. We'd watch movies together on weekends. We watched like Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show performances because Lex was a Gaga fan and I was in the Beehive and I was like, yes, we got to just combine. We just got to show each other like, this is my icon. And she would explain the little things of like, see, it was significant that Gaga did that because of this, this, this. And I would share, okay, this is why Bee did this. And this is the impact of the song at this time. So we would just share stuff like that. And I had friends who had the same interests as me, reading, traveling, like journaling, writing, all of that. I was like, sports, even that, like creative things. And you could hear me get excited because I'm like, yo, my inner child who felt like no one gets me, who felt like I have no friends with my interests, who felt like I'm so alone, I felt so validated and fulfilled and things really came full circle. And so I also want to say to any anyone out there, no matter what your age, if you feel like no one understands you, you feel like giving up on life, please hold on. Please hold on. At least give it one more year because you might find people who are exactly like you and you'll feel less alone. You will find the people who you envisioned and always wanted to be friends with. You will find those people. Those people will find you okay, God's got you, you're gonna be fine, like you're not alone. So yeah, like that was just something incredible. And again, with friends who do art shows, like back before COVID, right before COVID, I was able to go to my friend, Sammy's art show where she was showing some of her art. Of course, it was like a whole bunch of other people too. And I actually have that vlog up on my channel Queen Zania, and the video I think is called something about art shows. And I released it um, December of 2020, excuse me. But yeah, I went to that art show and just like having other friends who paint, who create art, who do digital art, who do sculptures, different things that you don't even do. That's so powerful. That's crazy. You know, I had friends in high school who did photography. That was also incredible. I had friends in high school who did, like who decorated cakes. And the girl now has a bakery, shout out to Chantel. I don't remember the name of her her business, but um, shout out to Chantel. And yeah, I had friends with cool interests who really explored that even in high school, even when they were the only ones. And I just saw them really be fulfilled by that and be appreciated for it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm next. Like what talent is it going to be that I pursue and I pour into that I will also be appreciated for? You know, something that made me feel quirky <laughs> when I was younger, felt like I was too different, but then it ends up being something that I'm appreciated for. Like I'm seeing with my friend who used to just decorate cakes for fun, now she has a whole business. And my friend who used to take pictures and we were on Instagram she'd always say who wants to do a photo shoot next and I'd be like pick me and then we had a little photo shoot in the field and she would do photo shoots with other friends as well now she is also doing photography and even my friend Kat like she travels and takes pictures like before COVID especially so I'm seeing all my friends do their passions and have fun with it you know Um, so yeah, that's something that also inspired me. And at 21, this is the thing I said I was coming back to. I always also wanted, I wanted to be like this 21 year old who had her own apartment, who had things together, like who just carried herself a certain way. And I've seen myself grow into that person because you have to really set yourself up to become that. If you want to become, if you want to be the type of person that wakes up at 6 a.m., then wake up at 6 a.m. Wake up at 6 a.m. And be consistent. I don't care. Even on the days you don't feel like it, be like, "Ah, whatever, let me just wake up and sit up and get out of the bed. And if I feel like going back to sleep, "Ah, I guess I can. But if I want to commit and really become this person, then let me do that. If you wanna be the kind of person who exercises and has this little routine, then do it. If you wanna be the kind of person who spends like more time in prayer, you know, like maybe even an hour in prayer, then do it in solo prayer, right? Like if you wanna be the kind of person who would start a podcast, then start it. You know, Anchor is free, <laughs> okay? They're not sponsoring, but hey, they're not even paying, but hey, Anchor is free. Um. If you think, oh, I would love to be a writer, I'd love to do this, I'd love to do that, I'd love to start a YouTube channel, whatever the case is, it may not even be art related. I would love to do my PhD on cows. Shout out to (laughs) Tondera. Then go ahead and do it. Like, actually, go ahead and do it. Set yourself up, break it up into those little tasks, and be consistent with it. You know, if you wanna get better at a certain skill, then go ahead and do it, be consistent, work on it. Because that's how you become the person you always wanted to be. Now at 21, I'm very proud of the person I am. And I know it may feel like I'm tooting my own horn and it feels wrong and unnatural to talk about myself. Even when I'm having conversations with people I love, I don't really open up, not intentionally, but I always wait for them to ask me questions. And not a lot of people do that. So I don't end up talking but i i want to get better at that because i have ideas that i do believe are worth sharing um you know in a humble way as everybody does yeah i think that it's important to really be consistent and do it and try and go for it even when no one is watching actually especially when no one is watching you know that's that's part of it. And yeah, I mean, I feel like Oprah now, you know? <laughs> like I've always had this gift of connecting with people and um as I've grown with this podcast, I've recognized that you know, adding my own experience before answering or asking a question really helps you connect on a personal level. Um, and This is something I learned through studying other people's interviews as well as through my own. And yeah, I realized how cool I am as well through this process. I've realized a lot. Um, I also recognized and became like hyper aware of my little idiosyncrasies of like after people say something, I always say, wow, that's awesome, you know, (laughs) or like as they're talking, like, hmm, hmm, because I wanna say that I'm listening but I've learned to mute myself or, you know, just listen quietly as not to interrupt the flow. And again, interrupting is not my intention. Like I do that because I'm trying to say like, I'm listening or I feel that, right? But I've learned to listen quietly now. Not that what I was doing was wrong before, but I mean, (laughs) I'm like, hey, this is something I personally want to change. So let me do that. yeah and I've also just yeah I've learned a lot through learning that thing I was saying at the very beginning about don't be afraid to be seen trying like put in effort bro like people like to see a success story people like to see an underdog overcome something people like to not just hear your dreams but see you fulfill them like you know so Step into how cool you are. Step into that inner icon that you are. And yeah, I realized like, hey, not to toot my own horn, but I will. I realized how cool of a person I am that I have a podcast in my free time. Like I work on a podcast in my free time. Like that's mad cool. I feel like radio rebel, okay? <laughs> I'm a Canadian, so I watched that movie on YTV back when it came out in 2012. And I liked it unironically, because again, it was somebody who was young, who was doing what she wanted to do, who was quiet, but she's like, nah, this is my voice. So I feel like Radio Rebel, okay? (laughs) Shout out to Debbie Ryan. But yeah, I realized like my younger self would be so proud of me, you know? And again, I I realized that it's also a luxury um, that I've been afforded, you know, to even have this time, to have the resources Um, to have an audience, to have family and friends who support me, to have a quiet enough environment, all of these things. But, hey, I got to use what I have, and this is what I have. So why not do it, right? Um, And wherever you are, use what you have right in front of you. What is in your hand, right? So go ahead and do what you can with what you have. Just nurture that and watch yourself flourish and grow. And people will support you. You will find those people who care. You'll find those people who relate, who it resonates with. Um, Yeah. So if you have a vision in your mind, just think about, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? Make an outline, make some bullet points, draw it out, like what you want everything to look like. Even the logo of the podcast, I drew in my journal. And I drew it with a specific font, right? Because I love fonts. <laughs> I just do my own thing. So I had this font that I, I drew and I was like, oh, this is cute. Um, and I had this picture of what I wanted with the exclamation like exclamation point, exclamation mark. I tried to say both those words at the same time. Um, <laughs> that's why you heard that. But I did the exclamation point. I had the words like this written like kind of like ransom letters. And I just had this vision for it. And I went onto Canva, which again is another free app that you can just create thumbnails and different things on digital posters and everything. Um, I went to Canva and I created that um, and I found the exact font that I had drawn. It was incredible. And I was like, wow, God, this is from you. Like, <laughs> just go ahead and start somewhere. That's what I'm saying try, do something little and have fun with it. You know, be proud of yourself at every step of the way. Don't just say, oh my gosh, like I don't have enough viewers. Like there's only two people listening to my thing or it's only 10 and I want a thousand. It's like, start where you are. Like just appreciate the growth as it happens. Celebrate every step. And as you get bigger and bigger, you will have gratitude already for the people, for those two people who are listening to you, okay? And they could have been listening to anything. You will have gratitude for those 10 people who took time out of their day. Some of them don't even listen to podcasts like that. But because you started one and they want to support, they're like, all right, let me check this thing out. So go ahead and celebrate those little successes. Thank the people who are with you and who are encouraging you. Encourage other people, pay it forward, pay it backward, all of that. Like, gratitude is so important every step of the way. You know, like, do your research, learn from people who are experienced in those fields. Now we are blessed with like the internet um, and YouTube and uh, Skillshare and those different masterclasses where you can actually learn from people who do things professionally or at a high level, right? And you can just take little tips from them. You don't have to copy what they do and and do everything exactly, but just learn from them. You know what I mean? Like, I want to actually give a space to talk about my inspirations and people who I learned from. I learned from different podcasts and interviewers, like from all over, like, for example, Michelle Williams and her podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams. I started listening to it in January of this year. It's incredible. I love how she asks questions. She is an incredible interviewer. Um, and she was part of Destiny's Child. So think the same group as Beyonce and Kelly Rowland and how big they were. They were interviewed by thousands. I mean, I don't they're interviewed by hundreds of people. You know, they did they did how many interviews in their lifetime, you know, together and even apart, you know? Yet a lot of celebrities in general, like that I watch on these, you know, tonight shows, late shows and all of that, they don't really know how to ask questions. Like they only know how to talk about themselves. I don't know if it's an American thing or if it's just like when you're famous and you're used to everybody caring about what you do and you never really have to reciprocate, I think people just get conditioned that like they are just the one who answers the questions and they don't think to answer or to ask. But Michelle Williams is such a great interviewer. Like she is incredible at asking questions. I can tell she is the one doing it. Like it's not a script she's reading from, you know, or if it is a script, she wrote it, you know, and shout out to Michelle Williams. And I bought her book, Checking In. And I love her. She is now like I didn't know her. I didn't grow up on Destiny's Child. I knew Kelly because um, of "I'm So Feeling Me Right Now." Okay, fell in love, fell in love in the club tonight. And there was that other song, um, "No Matter What I Do," all I think about is you. So I know I know Kelly's solo career um, and some other songs too. I know Beyonce, of course, um, and her songs. And I know Michelle Williams, when Jesus say yes, nobody can say no. But I didn't know Michelle Williams like that. You know what I mean? But after listening to her podcast this year and listening to how she asks questions and conducts interviews, I'm like, she's like now becoming one of my favorite members of Destiny's Child. So now like when she's in those Destiny Child, uh, when when I see her in the videos and the archives, I'm like, yes, Michelle, go Michelle, I always liked her, you know, I always liked all of them, even the tibia, the toilet. like in general, um, didn't have any negative opinions on any of them, but I didn't know them, but now that I know Michelle, I see her, I'm like, oh, that feels like my auntie, that feels like my big sis, like, yes, you know, I just love hearing her talk, and I pay attention to her now, like, I watch things and I watch her when she's in Destiny Child and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Michelle. And I, I can just hear her, you know, more clearly, even through her doing just interviews on her own show. You know, I guess that's my inspiration. That's why I ended up doing it like I did. Actually, let me not even call her Michelle. Let me call her Tenetria, okay? Tanitria. I love how she conducts those interviews. She's incredible. Zayn Lowe is also such a great interviewer. He's the one who does um, the Beats interviews uh, for Apple. He is incredible. Watch that man interview anyone. That man has a gift. I, like you watch him, it's incredible. He can talk to you, anyone. And how he does it is, again, he integrates his own knowledge of the person because you can tell he's done his research and asks deeper questions to the artist based on his own experience and research with their art. Um, Another person who does that is, what's that man's name? The one who does do do the loop do do -do -do. (laughs) the one who like, uh, oh my gosh, who is that guy? He's Canadian. He has those. That man who always asks like these random questions that are deep, he asked Tyler, the creator about his mom being Canadian. Tyler's like, whoa, how did you know my mom was Canadian? He asked like little Uzi a question. He's like, how do you know that? (laughs) He he asked Doja Cat, He's like, bro, bro, how do you, bro? Like (laughs) everyone freaking out. Cause he's like, oh my God. Cause they're like, wow, you asked me such an you made such an obscure reference. Like you asked me this deep question that Like deep as in like deep in the archives of my work, you know, like barely anyone knows about that, you know? He just did his research and he asks those questions. Zane Lowe does something very similar where you can tell he actually consumed the person's art and paid attention. So he will ask specific questions in that way. Um, And he's able to connect on deeper levels and relate things and say, oh yeah, I have an experience with this. Um, as well. And I noticed that in your work, you referenced this, like, can you speak to that? Um, and I really love that, how he connects with people. Again, that was such a major inspiration for me. Um, Minnie Driver on Mini Questions, her podcast, she's an actress. And again, as an actress, she is still able to conduct interviews and not center it around herself, you know? And she manages to make the same questions sound different every time. And the conversations always take another direction, You know, even though they may have some common threads based on what's happening in her life or her relationships with these people. But yeah, I just really am inspired by those people and more um, and how they conduct interviews. And I know it's like, oh, well, why interviews? I just really love listening to people talk. And I feel like some people could even learn through listening to me conduct interviews. That's how I talk to people normally. Like how you're hearing it is exactly how I talk to people about everything. And I know it's like, well, that sounds so professional. And so like, that's how I talk, Like <laughs> that's me. You know, people can say it's fake, whatever, like that's me, you know, I work with formulas. That's just how I think. I'm a very logical person. As an artist, yes, it's possible. We exist. <laughs> we exist. But anyway, um, I take inspiration from everything. I love it. I love doing my research. I have enjoyed even podcasts such as like Jill Scott's podcast. Um, Amanda Seals' Small Doses was the first one that I ever listened to. Um, Jay got Ill, let me actually circle back because it's not just Jill Scott on there. There's Laia St. Clair and there's Asia and Dantzler. And the three of them just talk. And again, even though some of them are famous, others may be like working in the background, they still all give each other space and airtime equally and listen to each other. So yeah, even though my podcast is not all about me, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I've unpacked the feelings of like, oh, maybe no one will listen to me. I've unpacked that. And still, I think it's a good thing because I think it's great to give other people space on your platform, you know, to express themselves and to be celebrated and to be listened to, to have equal airtime or more airtime even than yourself. Self-critiques, I want to talk just a little bit about that I am really hard on myself and while editing, I know I've like many a times been like, oh, I should have asked them to expound on that. But like, oh, like I worded that so awkwardly that, ugh, you know, and I, sometimes I rerecord, sometimes I'll just cut it out um, and just keep the person talking. But it has also taught me to let go, to trust that people will understand what you're saying, even if you don't say it perfectly. That's been a lesson in letting go of control for sure. Um, In perfectionism as well. Like I don't really listen to my own work just because I edit it. And so I've listened to it a lot. And you know, I have, listen, the editing takes time. So I have done that. I've listened to the episodes, all of them. So some of them I'll like listen to and I'm like, oh, oh, that's the part I kept in, okay. And you know what I mean? So I listened to it with newish ears, but I've heard it. But another reason is sometimes like, I feel awkward, like listening to the beginning because I'm like, eh, you can hear that this was done on three different audios and the quality so different. And, oh, the intro back then, like I know what I was going for, but that's not cool anymore. And now I don't really relate to the part of me that was like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> so hey, maybe one day I'll listen to this and I'll be like, oh, why did I do it like that? But at the same time, I appreciate all parts of the process. Um, I appreciate even my rebranding on all platforms from Queen Z, Z Z-E-Y to Queen Zania. I picked to spell Z like that because on my YouTube, that's how it is. Because like when you search up Z-E-E, like there's so many people that come up but ZEY that's different so i knew i would stand out um but then i was like i'm i'm not really vibing and connecting with that anymore um queen zenia just felt like more me you know like and even if you search up queen zenia like you'll only see i mean actually okay you see flowers <laughs> but that's perfect. Cause that means there's no one out there creating art under that name, except me. So I can really brand myself like that. And that has come through working on the podcast. You know, that has come through working on the podcast and um, just trusting the process and growing with myself and being patient within that. Um, there's another thing that I really appreciated about my work. There'd be times I'd be editing And I'd listen to this and I'm like, how did I pick up that from listening? Like, you know, the person would be talking, talking, talking. Then I'd ask a question based on what they said. And I'd have to sometimes replay it. Like, did the person say that? Or did I accidentally delete where they said that? Like, how did I ask that question about that little thing that they said, you know? And maybe it is true that I accidentally deleted the part where they said that and I I just asked it, (laughs) you know? But I think that I have a gift of listening and being present and asking specific questions. So even the times I would be hard on myself, like, oh, I should have asked them to expound. But it's like, but there's so many things I did ask them about that I am looking back like, oh, wow, okay, hats off to you that you even picked up on that. The episodes have gotten longer and longer each week. That was completely organic. I was just like, you know what? Let me not limit how long people want to talk. And the podcast that I love the most, people talk freely and they talk and they get what they need to say out. And, you know, it is still less than two hours. I'm not out here listening to two hour long podcasts. Come on now. (laughs) But I like the ones where people take their time to expound, to organically come full circle. The ones where it's like 15 minutes, two minutes, like three minutes, I'm like, Uh, like it's okay but it still feels rushed in a way I like the the interviews that are a little bit longer or the podcasts that are a little bit longer so I was like okay let me not put a time limit on this let me just let this happen so I did split that other interview in half because it was more than two hours and I didn't want to cut anything out you know and that all happened organically um, there are some that have been shorter than the other episodes before it. And that's okay too, you know, something that I really appreciated that I heard in high school. And I just took it with me, took it with me was like, um, when one of my classmates was like, oh, how long does this paper have to be? And the teacher's like, don't worry about like word limits and trying to fit that. Like, don't worry about that because there's no formula to it as long as it takes for you to get this idea out and flesh it out and make your point that's how long it should be that's how long the paper should be you need to get this idea out and talk about it like you know some break it down if you can make your point that's how long it should be all right and of course you know at least the minimum words but it's like don't just try to reach the minimum and be done do what you need to do say what you need to say okay? And take time to do that. Again, don't be thinking, oh, like the word count minimum is this, so let me just reach that and then hand it in. No, actually make your point and take your time with it. And you'll naturally reach that minimum. You'll even exceed it, you know? And if you can actually be convincing even within that minimum, then you've done your part. So I I see this the same way that like, just take the time you need to make your point. And when you're done, you're done you know, and there's no formula of like, okay, uh, one hour, 30 minutes is too long, or the 30 minute episode, 25 minutes is too short. It's like, no, as long as it takes for you to make your point and say what you need to say, that's how long the episode needs to be. So that's how we're moving. My bunnies have gone from loud to quiet. <laughs> I guess that means I've been talking a long time. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate all of the support again um, and feel free to re-listen to episodes that you missed again it may be a little bit hard sometimes to hear my voice and my accent change that's another topic another conversation I actually talked about that on my first ever podcast I think that was my first no no no, second second uh interview (laughs) Um, that I did I talked about my accent and everything But yeah, uh, you're going to hear a lot, but it's all organic and it's all real and it's all me. Even this, it's all authentically me. We all have nuance within ourselves, you know, the duality, the the range. So, hey, you may hear something and be like, oh, I didn't expect to hear this. But yeah, that's the truth. Um, You may hear from my guests different things that you did not expect them to be into or you know different things like that but hey that's how it is we all have range as human beings so let's just celebrate each other as we tap into it all right y'all this is it Queensy, z queen zania signing out Thank you again so much for listening, saving the episodes, downloading, uh, following us on Twitter, emailing, all of that. I cannot wait to connect with you again very soon. So this is the finale for season one. I will talk to you later. I want to thank me. (laughs) I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off. I want to thank me for for never quitting. I want to thank me for always being a giver and trying to give more than I receive. I want to thank me for trying to do more right than wrong. I want to thank me for just being me at all times. Snoop Dogg, you a bad mother